Are you ready to vibe? You're listening to Creepy Vibes Only. scary ghost stories, you've discovered horrendous crimes, and opened your eyes to the lives of murderers and missing persons. Maybe you've learned about cars or music, but have you ever wondered about the strange stories that make us, us? From zombies in World War I, to history-changing comets, to witches and incestuous bloodlines, take some time to learn something about our peculiar past with Brad and Alyssa over on the podcast Strange History. Tune in wherever your ears are listening. Hello, hello, I'm back. Welcome to another episode of Creepy Vibes Only, and I am your host, Steph. So... Sorry for missing last week. I just needed a mental health break. I uh, it's been a, a some hard last few months, and there is a uh, somewhat major change happening last week. So I just needed some time to focus on that. So yes, I need a little break. I'm sorry, but I'm back. Also, one thing: um, the second I started to press ret- record, and I've done this like three times now today, my nose suddenly gets stuffy. So I'm sorry. I don't know why, because the second I stop recording, it's fine. Very weird, but you may have to suffer through me being nasally for this episode. I'm sorry. So updates. I have two for you today. First one, the episode I was a guest on at the Spooky Door podcast ha- was uh, came out last week, last Tuesday. So if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend that you do do go check it out. It was loads of fun. We talked about our like personal ghost experiences as well as different subjects. Like, um, I mean, we we talked about everything and everything. So we talked about the Hitman to Harry Potter. Then we talked about this pasture, and then went back to Twilight. It was insane. But so much fun. So I highly recommend that you check out the episode. And also that you check out their podcast. So Jordan and Ashley, they run the Spooky Door podcast, which is extremely interesting. Every week they talk about a different paranormal supernatural subject. And also on their YouTube channel, they do go visit places. So if you want to go check that out as well, super cool. Yeah, so they have like tons of... um guess some that either have experience uh has personal experiences or some that are professionals in their field of all and that it ties into their podcast but it's super interesting so you can find them on twitter instagram facebook or at their own website thespookydoor.com they also have a youtube channel that you can go check out also fun fact we did record video for that episode so if you want to see me my face it is on their YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, go check them out. Go check out our episode. It was loads of fun and I hope that you enjoy it. And if you do go check it out, let me know. So that is it for update number one. Update number two, it is that time of the month again, our charity highlight of the month. 
So this month, I decided to highlight Rainbow Railroad. So quoting directly from their website, Rainbow Railroad is a global non-for-profit organization that helps LGBTQI plus facing persecution based on their sexual orientation, gender identity, and sex characteristics. So this organization was funded in 2006, and since then they have helped over 3,100 people by either relocating them to safety or offering them other forms of assistance. So if you wanted to be a part of this and help, you can donate, you can be a part of a settlement team, you can offer housing or provide security gifts. And from quickly looking at their website for types of security gifts, it could be it could be like travel, uh, donating your uh, travel miles or buying a plane ticket, even offering uh, some stocks and that kind of stuff. So if this is of interest to you, I highly recommend that you go check out their website at rainbowrailroad.org. There's also a mailing list that I have subscribed to a while ago. And I really do enjoy getting those emails because you get to hear about their latest initiatives. And also you do get a story about one of the person that they've helped either relocating or helped in other ways. So you get to hear the story of what they've lived at in their if they're relocating in their country of origin and how relocating has helped or the the assistance they've received has helped. So it's a it's a tough and sad story to to learn, to hear about, but I find these stories very important because it does does give you a glimpse of what um people and the LGBTQI plus community live um some sadly every day so highly recommend that you check them out you can find them on instagram facebook twitter and youtube at rainbow railroad dot uh rainbow railroad for the um the social media and then it's rainbow railroad.org for their website so that is that for our charity highlight now let's move on to our segment of creepy reads this story was submitted by a listener who didn't mind that we said her name. So her name is Alexia, and she submitted her story through Instagram. So here we go. One evening, I was home alone reading in my room. Suddenly, I heard a man call out. I knew he wasn't my father or brother, so I went to check if the TV had turned on. I went to the living room, which is close to my bedroom, but the TV was off. I looked everywhere, and no one was in the house. For some reason, I was sure that it was a man calling out for his wife, looking for her. Not sure why, but that's what it felt like to me. Ugh! Creepy. Gross. Um, I find that those kind of stories are the worst because you're like best case scenario in these situations, it is a ghost, but worst case scenario, someone broke in and you have to do the check no matter what. A uh, few times that have happened to me where I heard something and thought it was a ghost. And then a few minutes after I was like, hmm, maybe I should check if I'm actually alone. And the checking is the worst of that situation. Um, thank you, thank you for submitting that, Alexia. I really enjoy it. So that is that for a segment of Creepy Reads. 
Again, if you want your story to be featured on the podcast, just send it through our social media. Uh, you can send it through Gmail as well. So it's cvopodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now on to our third story of the Choose Your Own Adventure listener version. Uh, here we go. This famous Canadian mystery took place over 200 years ago in the area of Wallaceburg, Ontario. However, back then, it wasn't known as Wallaceburg. It was known as the Baldoon area due to the settlement that was conceptualized in that area. This is the story of the Baldoon mystery. Let's start today's story at the very beginning. Lord Thomas Douglas, 5th Earl of Selkirk, devoted his life to create settlements where poor Scottish farmers who were displaced by landlords could restart their lives. This is exactly what he had in mind when he traveled to the area of present-day Wallaceburg. Lord Selkirk envisioned a settlement resembling his homeland of the Scottish Highlands. He imported sheep and convinced 15 Scottish farmers and their families to move to the soon-to-be settlement. On September 5, 1804, Around 90 people arrived at the settlement site named after the Baldwin Estate in Scotland. Sadly, the promise of the great future and a settlement resembling their homeland was not fulfilled. Soon the settlers discovered that the swamp-like lands were too difficult to cultivate and often flooded quickly, destroying the, any progress made. Moreover, the important sheep did not thrive in this new environment. But worst off, malaria swept, swept through the colony, killing many of the settlers. The bad luck seeming to have cursed the settlement did not end there. The estate's superintendent, Alexander McDonnell, tried to use Lord Selkirk's funds to solve their problems. But he was unsuccessful in this, so the settlement never got off the ground. The final straw for the settlement occurred in July of 1812, when American militia invaded the colony and left with all of their livestock. The last few remaining settlers decided to move to higher land. In 1818, Lord Selkirk was left without a choice but to sell his property, and he moved on to fund the Red River Colony in Manitoba. Things seemed to turn out better for Lord Selkirk. But what about the remaining settlers? As mentioned earlier, the surviving settlers moved to higher land, and soon the news of better plots drew more and more people to the area. Of those interested was John MacDonald and his young family. They made their way to Baldoon to create a new life for themselves. Interestingly, John was the son of two original settlers of the Baldoon settlement. So in 1826, sorry. John purchased the coveted Plot A of the 4th Concession. Many people wanted Plot A, especially this elderly lady whose last name was Buchanan. She had made multiple offers to John to purchase his land, but ultimately, he refused and built a large farmhouse. Life in Baldoon was hard, but quiet up until 1829, where mysterious events plagued the, the MacDonald family for three years. The first reported incident occurred to the woman of the family on October 28, 1829. As they were packing straw in the barn, poles from the roof started to plunge to the ground. The woman had to run out of the barn for cover to avoid being impaled by these wooden daggers. 
Once the roof poles stopped flying to the ground, the men went on to investigate the burn's roof. They discovered no structural issues causing the roof to disintegrate, and the roof was built in such a way that a pole couldn't just loosen and fall to the ground. Thankful that no one got hurt, the family thought the incident was strange, but didn't think much of it. Little did they know, this incident would be the first of many as they now had a poltergeist on their hands. Shortly after this incident, the family would hear unexplained sounds in the main house. When everyone was asleep, they would be woken up by footsteps in the kitchen, which, when investigated, would never reveal a culprit, and suddenly stop the second someone got too close. However, these were not the usual footsteps one would hear during haunting, such as, on its own, one can think that this is a residual haunting of the American militia that invaded the land where the Baldwin settlement tried to spring to life. But sadly, this was not the only event that terrified the family. The marching would return night after night, and once the family became used to it, whatever was plaguing the family decided to move on to a new victim. This victim being the youngest MacDonald. The baby was sleeping in his cradle when suddenly an unseen force started to violently rock the cradle. Three men were in the living room at the time, and all rushed to hold on to the cradle, trying to stop it from rocking. But their efforts were in vain. Their combined strength was no match to the unseen hand rocking the cradle. In horror, they backed away, not being able to do anything but watch. To their relief, as soon as they backed away, the cradle stopped, and the baby wasn't harmed by the incident. Unfortunately, the hauntings kept increasing in intensity. Fires kept igniting at random places in the house without any clear sign of what started the fires. One evening in particular, 12 fires around the house started at the same time, threatening to burn down the house. The family could barely control the fires, and as soon as one would be put out, others would start up elsewhere. Thankfully, the, f- the family in the house survived that evening. In addition to these random and intense incidents, the family also had to live through constant attacks by this poltergeist. The house's exterior was often pelted by rocks and bullets thrown or shot by an unseen hand. It happened so often that the family started a routine with discarded bullets and rocks. They would collect them, leave an unusual marking on them, drive them off the land, and left in nearby creeks. Days later, bullets and rocks would attack the house's exterior, sometimes shattering the windows and fighting their way inside. But to the family's dismay, the bullets or rocks had the unusual markings that they had made days ago. This happened so often that John decided to board up all of the windows instead of constantly replacing the shattered windows. This did not deter the entity. The bullets and rocks kept being thrown at the house, and quite often, when the family was inside, they were greeted by the constant thump of an object hitting the boards. It did not take long for news of the Baldoon hauntings to reach others. Newspapers started covering the incidents when they happened, which led to flocks of people making their way to Baldoon and the McDonald's house, hoping to catch a glimpse of the paranormal ongoings. Soon, the house was advertised as a haunted tourist attraction, which the family welcomed at first. But soon, were scared that the entity would not want this activity and this attention, and that things would just simply get worse. Thinking that the paranormal 
paranormal entity was attached to the land or the house, the family moved to John's birth paternal house. Sadly, the entity followed and the poltergeist hauntings continue there. Specifically, bullets and rocks would fly at the new house. Discouraged, the family moved back to their farm, but decided to sleep outside in a tent, as they thought it would be safer to sleep outside than being inside, and decided to only return into the house when the activity quieted down. Discouraged, John went to seek help and confront the poltergeist once and for all. Sadly, the first attempt was unsuccessful. They asked a local priest who was experiencing exorcisms to come to the house and banish the demon that was harassing them. His best efforts did nothing to stop the activity. Eventually, a friend of the family recommended that they visit a young lady who was gifted with second sight. John traveled two days to visit 15-year-old Dina Troiner to tell her his story. She informed John that the curse was not on the land or the house as he fought, but on him and his family. She said that an older woman who lived in a long log house wanted to drive the family away from their home and land. And this is where the story starts to differ. According to some legends, they say that the family conducted a ritual and the poltergeist activity suddenly stopped and never returned again. However, the most common end of the story is this one. The activity did end once and for all for the family, but only when they did what the girl instructed them to do. She asked John if he had noticed a stray goose wandering on his property when the incident started, to which he confirmed he did notice a strange-looking goose sometimes visiting his flock. She instructed him to shoot the goose with a bullet made of solid silver, and that after the shooting, he would notice the old lady being wounded in the same area as he shot the goose. So as soon as John made his way back home, he made a bullet cast of silver and went looking for the goose. The second he saw the goose, he shot it in its wing. The goose cried out in agony, and the scream that was too human-like for John's comfort, and quickly escaped the property. The following day, John was convinced that the old lady Buchanan was the one who put her curse on him and his family. So he and some local men made their way to the Buchanan's log house, which happened to be a long one, and they found the old lady on her front porch nursing a broken arm. And that broken arm was the same one as would have been the, the wing of the goose that he had shot the night before. As soon as she saw John, she became frantic and rushed into her home. After the shooting, the McDonald family did not live through another paranormal incident. And by the mid-1830s, no one talked about the hauntings anymore. And the McDonald's farmhouse was no longer considered a haunted tourist attraction. And that, my friends, is the story of the Baldune mystery. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I, I think it's one of my favorite stories of all time. Um, so yeah, that's it. I will see you all in one week. Again, you can find the podcasts at Creepy Vibes only on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as well as YouTube. And if you want to send us an email saying hi, your own story, anything, you can send 
the you can send us an email at cvopodcast at gmail.com. So have a great week. Have a good end of the day. And I will see you all soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Creepy Vibes Only. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Creepy Vibes Only Podcast. And you can send us an email at cvopodcast at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen, download our episodes, and please leave us a review, ideally a really nice one. Thanks for vibing and keeping it creepy with us. We will see you next week. Bye! Okay, let's hope everyone's quiet.